Well, good morning, LCM. Today is March 21st, 2021. And guess what? This morning, we are at mile marker 80. Mile marker 80 of our route on the ancient path. 80 days into our new year, and this sermon this morning will be our seventh turn along the way in our ancient past series. Are you ready for it? Oh, yeah. Man, this has been an incredible time, hasn't it? I mean, aren't your lives enriched every single day because of it? Yes. See, we've been digging down to the depths, digging down to new strata on these ancient paths. We found ancient wine. We've learned about the ancient mountains, and we've definitely taken a look at the ancient doors. We're going to keep digging today. We're not done in any way. We got a lot more to go. We at least Amen. got 20 more days where we're going to focus on this. We're going to keep digging to discover the ancient truths of the riches of God's character and of God's word. What a Amen. precious gift he has given us. In fact, we want to remind you of the directive that the Lord gave us as we began the series. Everybody quickly turn with us to Jeremiah chapter 6 and we're going to look at verse 16. Somebody say ancient path when you get there. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Yeah. Ask for the ancient paths. Has anybody's understanding of the word been changing over the last 80 days? Yeah. Now when you see a verse about a vine or about the wine, you, you're thinking about the miracle of fermentation and what it means. As you're looking at ancient mountains, you understand that you're talking about more than just a giant piece of rock. What you're seeing are kingdoms that are clashing. When you look at the ancient doors and the ancient gates, you understand a singular path and what you must go do to take possession of those gates. You're going to ask for the ancient path. Ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. See, this rest is not going to be an absence of activity. It's going to be a true satisfaction in your heart as you're walking in it. You're actually going to be rest walking. How about that? You're going to be resting while you're walking. You're going to be resting while you're advancing the kingdom. See, it's not what you think of like everybody wants to go on a vacation. And you want to get away from things, right? Has anybody ever needed a vacation after your vacation? Uh-huh. I, I got an amen from the back right there. Why? Because resting is different than avoiding activity. The kind that God is going to give us, he's going to give us an ancient path. He's going to help you to walk in that good way that is the ancient path. We are going to walk in it, and you're actually going to find rest. You're going to find rest in your mind. You're going to find rest in your heart, and you're going to let your spirit come alive in a pretty special way. Saints, today we're going to ask for more insight into this ancient past. We're going to ask where that good way is, and we're going to find the mile markers of our God so that we can walk in it. Are you ready to ask, church? Are you ready to walk in it, church? Yeah. Then turn with us to Isaiah chapter 28. There you go. Say ancient path whenever you get there. Isn't it good to know and reassuring that as you are busy about the Lord's work, you can also have a shalom of your soul as you do it? That's what we're aiming at. Isaiah 28, 6. He will be a spirit of justice. To the one who sits in judgment. We studied this passage last Wednesday. 
bring it up relating to possessing the gates. And we, we taught you guys that that place of judgment was the gates of a city. That's where the elders and judges of a town would sit. They would make decisions about what would happen and who would be able to enter into that town. So speaking about the Lord, but also a messianic prophecy, he will be a spirit of justice to the one who sits in judgment, a source of strength to those who turn back the battle. Where, saints? At the gate. Look, we want to highlight further in this passage there, there is an association and function of the gates and its com combination with the function of judgment. As we mentioned previously, the gates were the place of a seat of judgment. It is where the city or town elders would take their place to make decisions and decrees and guard the entrance from people who wanted to invade in that city and do damage to it. In this passage... There is that prophetic call for a ruler, the one who would be filled with the spirit, the ruach, and a spirit of justice. That word justice there is mishpat. Everybody say mishpat. All of this pointed to the governance of God being displayed on earth through this ruler. That he had the breath of his, uh, God's spirit in him to align his people with his ancient paths. Isn't that the direction of God's judgment all along? Is that he wants you to walk rightly in the ways that he has determined and nothing else alternative to that. His ancient paths that lead to the ancient door and possess the ancient gates are aimed at directing you to walk in his ancient laws. So the title of today's sermon is Ancient Laws. Laws. Everybody say ancient laws. ancient laws. Turn with us to Psalm 119. Oh yeah. And verse Here we 50. Go. Paul's excited. Psalm 119 and verse 50. Say ancient laws when you get there. I promise you, you're going to like where we're going to go today. Psalm 119 and verse 50 says this, my comfort in my suffering is this. Don't you want to know what the this is? Yes. My comfort in suffering is this, that your promise, your word preserves my life. Yes. The arrogant mock me unmercifully. Can anybody relate to difficult that just seems unmercifully coming at you? Mm -hmm. But I do not turn from your law. I remember, Lord, your ancient laws, and I find comfort in them. See, church, we're talking about ancient laws today. These ancient laws are going to give us waypoints. They're going to give us mile markers of knowing that you're actually on the ancient path and how you engage with these ancient laws, how you deal, how you relate to these mile markers means everything to you on your journey on this ancient path. Now, some of you may not be uh, old enough to, to be like your pastors and understand and remember a day before GPS. <laughs> that global positioning system that you don't even have to know where you are. You just plug in where you'd like to get and it just tells you. Has anybody ever so entrusted themselves to your little Apple Maps or your Google Map or your Waze Maps that literally if they don't tell you to turn, you just don't? Even if you're kind of familiar, like, I think I should turn there. But the map says not to turn yet. 
If it is out of sync, if you're in a new city and it's just a little bit out of sync, you miss every turn because it's lagging behind you. Oh, it, it didn't tell me to turn. How, how would you expect me to get there? It didn't tell me that. Stupid Google. <laughs> Stupid Google. <laughs> it's actually helped on mission trips at times. <laughs> Back before you had a GPS that was on your phone. Even before you bought the little Garvin map thing that went in your car. Before that, they were actually paper maps. Paper? Paper maps. Wow. What a and you would have idea. to stop and unfold that thing that would never, ever be folded correctly again, ever. As you're driving. As you're driving. And you would spend a lot of your time just trying to figure out what road you were actually on. See, some of you young guys, you don't yeah. know what I'm talking about. I just, just want to warn you all ahead of time, a county line is not necessarily a road at all times. <laughs> As a matter of fact, if you used to be in an emergency back in those days, somebody say back in the day. Back in the day. I mean, what our kids look at and think is ancient now. Back you would look day. back at it, and if you got in, a, in trouble, if you needed an ambulance, what they would ask you is, what mile marker are you close to? I can remember my dad if I go back even before me. I remember directions that included things like, well, son, you go down to, you know that big knotty tree on the corner of there? You go turn by old man's red barn. You go turn by the tree. You know where that part meets right there? Yeah, you're going to go up to that point, and then you're going to hang a left. I don't know why we'd hang a left in my house, but that's the way we did it. Just hang a left. Church, this idea of mile markers along your journey is such an important one. Yeah. How do you know that you're progressing in the ancient paths? You're going to have his ancient laws to show you mark after mark, way after yeah. way, point after point. And if you're seeing those points, you know what it should do? It should give you great confidence that you're actually on the ancient path. Yeah. You've gone through the ancient door. You're fighting from the ancient mountain. You've got the ancient wine inside of you. It gives you great confidence. See, we're teaching you how to navigate and remain on the path today. Let me talk to you about mile markers from this passage. You ready for some mile markers? Yeah. Look at the mile marker of comfort in verse 50. Yeah. My comfort in my suffering is this. If you can be in difficulty and be in suffering and have comfort, you know what you found? A mile marker of the ancient laws. Because this kind is the kind that preserves your life. Uh-oh. If you've got your life preserved, if you've got joy in the midst of difficulty, you know what you just found? A mile marker of this ancient law. You found it in your life. Woo! Today was really, really, really difficult. Praise God. Thank you, Lord, that you are preserving my life. Mm -hmm. The marker yeah. of not turning away from his law when it gets difficult. Do you understand? Let's look at, let's put verse 51 on the screen. The arrogant mock me unmercifully. The word, one of the words there in the Hebrew is meod. It's, it's to an abundance. Like this is a huge amount of, of mocking that's going on. Do you know what mocking is? against you is supposed to do it's trying to turn you from this ancient law do you know what difficulty in your life is trying to make you do turn from the law and pick your own road to pick your own byway to pick your own path because this one is just too hard i will now turn deviate be deviant from god's path and i'm going to go my own way oh i'm not i'm not refusing the lord this path is just too hard i think i'll go this way 
See, a mile marker is the stability and security that come into our lives as we continue to walk with these ancient laws and these ancient mile markers. It's supposed to remind you of the Lord's promise and provide the comfort of knowing that you're on the path. And this is ancient. Somebody say ancient. Ancient. And I don't just mean like what my kids say when I remember times before GPS and a cell phone. I mean ancient like from before time began. Let's turn, since you're already in Psalm 119, let's go to verse 160. Say ancient laws when you're there. All your words are true. All your righteous laws are eternal. They were set up before time and they will exist after time. Now, in referencing to what Pastor just mentioned, you know, particularly in, in verse uh, 51, that the arrogant mock me unmercifully, but I do not turn from your law. That was from Psalm 119 as well. You know that whenever we face uh, the subtleties of the arrogant mocking me, this can largely come from family members who do not serve the Lord. Behind your back, they're mocking the very way of life, the ancient path that you're walking on. And they're also growing even more brazen to do it to your face. But there is this subtlety of, of a beckoning call. You know what? I, I really don't, I don't need this version of weight. I want the brother that I had. I don't want this version of my son. I want the old version of the son. The one that we had peace and you know, we could talk and get along and that would come and visit. It's all of these subtleties that are looking to mask over the fact that they are mocking the ancient path. They're mocking the ancient laws and that well before your family ever existed, God's ancient laws were in place. And the existence of your family does not supersede nor become even equal to God's ancient laws. That they are true. All the words of God are true. And that his righteous laws are eternal. God was here before you and he'll be here after you. That's the nature of our God. So family does not supersede nor become equal with God's ancient laws. The family is to be directed by God's ancient laws. That's a good word. Now, we grew up with a sense of developing trust within the family unit, but that trust is only as good as the family is founded upon God's ancient laws. And we've all seen the, you know, the, the repeated cycle of families that seem to have it all together. They have everything going good for them, but when it's not founded upon the rock of God's ancient laws, it's a matter of time until it becomes a house that's washed away by devastation. It becomes a house that ruins and falls in shambles. But what we're doing in this house is that we are building our families and our homes on the rock of God's ancient laws. The ones that can stand the test of time, that can withstand the mocking of the arrogant and even the gates of hell themselves. Not only withstand it, we can overcome them. Well, in fact, Psalm 119, 160 in the ESV, it says it a little bit different that the, the mathematician mind, the small portion of my mind that's that, really loves. 
So Psalm 119, 160 says this in the ESV. The sum of your word is truth. And every one of your righteous rules endures forever. So let's look at the summation of exactly what this is saying. That God established his ancient laws well before time. They will endure well after time. And what God is being faithful to do is show us the added effect and benefit of his word, his ancient laws, and those who are righteously pursuing after them. Those who are asking for those ancient laws. Those who are walking in his ancient laws. Families that are built upon it. Isn't it comforting to you? To know that there is an ancient law established by God that will never move. Right? That brings me comfort in my suffering. That brings about a level of trust and trustworthiness of God's ancient laws. Do you understand why Jesus says in John 17 to sanctify them by the truth because your word is truth? Come on, it is so trustworthy. It's a mile marker that never moves. Let's look at Psalm 119 and go back to verse 89. Come on, somebody say ancient laws when you get there. You're finding the mile markers, church. We are directing your strength today as we're hanging out in Psalm 119. We're actually going to get to the section that's under the letter Lamed. Mm -hmm. A teaching, a yoke, a way of life is what this letter represents. And every letter in the original, I'm sorry, every part of this stanza in the original language begins with the letter of Lamed over and over. It's trying to teach us something. Let's look at verse 89. Your word, Lord, is eternal. That means it was there before the Garden of Eden was there. His word was there. His ancient laws were there to direct. It's actually his ancient laws that formed the earth, that made creation. When his word went forth, it created what you now see. The laws yes. of heaven and earth, the laws of the sun and the moon, they were orchestrated prior to what you saw even in Genesis. And when God speaks, when he gives his ancient laws, it literally created the universe. It literally holds the universe together. Yeah. Why are we encouraging you to find the ancient path about this ancient law? Because it's going to hold you together too. Amen. You don't need something else beside the word. I, I know, Pastor, but I got a, I got a financial situation. The word is what you need. Amen. I, I've got a personal situation. I, I need you to put your Bible down for a minute and listen to me. I got oh, wow. no. You need more of the word. You need more of this ancient law. It's what made you. It's what will keep you. It's what will sustain you. Because his word is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. Your faithfulness continues through all generations. It didn't start in time. It's not messed up by time. It's not bound by time. It is faithful through all generations. You establish the earth and it endures. If you want to endure as well, you know what you got to do? You got to get a hold of this ancient law. You got to walk according to its mile markers. Your law endures to this day for all things serve you. All things. The reason that he put it there was so that every part of creation might serve to declare his greatness. Every part of creation, including you and me, are going to be serving him. See, you see mile markers in this passage of God's faithfulness, of God's eternal nature, of how he causes things to both serve and be served by his presence. Look at verse 92. If your law had not been my delight. Now, let me give you a, a chance to think here for a second. 
Because of our human nature, when you think of law, you think of things that are restrictive. If you are of the nature, you like to be a free bird. Just, just let, me, let me roam free. Don't tell me I can't do something. I mean, I might not have even done it. But when you tell me I can't do it, I immediately want to rebel and go do that. Just let me run free. See, if God's law had not been our delight. This is not something that's restrictive. Did you hear any of the previous passages? And did you start to feel down in yourself about the law of God? Or does it lift you? Does it actually cause right order to come inside of you? Yes. Does it actually bring you to life? It preserves your life. I have comfort because of what the word. If your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. I couldn't have handled it. I, I would have gone through and I would have found another path. I'd have gotten off the ancient path and I'd have been somewhere off on my own. Any difficulties that we have is because we actually haven't taken delight in his law and it's causing a moment where we're starting to perish in an area. I'm saying get right, find the mile markers, church. Get on that ancient law and stay on that ancient path. Look how it keeps going. I will never forget your precepts. For by them, you have preserved my life. Are you yet getting that these ancient laws should be equated with your very life itself? Now, this church loves the word. Do you love the word? We are a Bible literate, trying to ever be more Bible literate. But I got to talk to you just for a second and be real with you. If we start understanding that the word of God equals life, that the word of God is our life, that it preserves your life, yeah. it's not even you eating food. It's the word of God coming into you and changing you. Man, how much more do we need to be hungry for his ancient laws? Amen. How much more do we need to delight in his law and not any other way? Save me for I am yours. I have sought out your precepts. The wicked are waiting to destroy me. Oh, oh, you mean loving and delighting in God's words doesn't take away your enemies? Nope. As a matter of fact, you can see pretty quickly the enemies of God become your enemies. You're like, I didn't even... I didn't do anything to you. Why are you so mad at me? Because you have the word of God. My enemy, the wicked are waiting to destroy me, but I will ponder your statutes. Listen to this verse 96. To per all perfection, I see a limit. <clears throat> but your commands are boundless. This is my new favorite verse, at least for this minute. I might have a new one in just a minute. But right now, for this second, this is my favorite verse. See, his ancient laws aren't designed to keep you from affliction. They're designed to preserve your life in the affliction and allow you to endure through the affliction. See, to all perfection, to everything that man can think, this, this is the way that it ought to be. This is perfection. There is a limit. Somebody say limit. limit. But with God's ancient laws, with his commands, they are limitless. What impact do you need? You need more of the word because the word is limitless in what it can do. It's limitless yeah. in what it can change in you. It's limitless in what it can build into you. Come on now. See, if we really, really took delight in this, we're not afraid that we're not going to accomplish God's will. You know why? Because you so trust in his word that you know that it will limitlessly work in you until you achieve every good thing that he has purposed for you. 
you can continue in this ancient path without deviation into the ditches of despair. All the byways that are there when you understand this. The perfect commands of these ancient laws. I love it. They're limitless. They're boundless for us. The ancient laws have the mile markers of delight, of preserving our lives, of bringing salvation and overcoming your enemies. Somebody say ancient laws. Ancient laws. That's what we're finding today. We're finding these mile markers. All right. So pastor asked a little while ago that uh, he wants to, to be real with you guys. Will you be real with us this morning? Do you ever find it difficult to have the right heart and attitude in the midst of affliction? Is that, I mean, raise your hand if that's you. Okay, every hand should be up right now. Amen. And what happens in the, the midst of those uh, afflictions is that your heart and your attitude begin to make you veer in your steering, right? It's, I mean, let me just paint the picture as it relates to mile markers. And we're related to you and your walking in the ancient path. When you traverse from Louisiana into Texas, you're experiencing salvation, number one. And you come, you cross that bridge and you land in Orange, Texas, and there's this sign. A sign just to show the might, strength, width, and breadth of Texas, and it says El Paso. El Paso, 860 miles of where you got to go to get to the other side. Now, this is much like us, right? We're entering into God's country, into the promised land. I got my mezuzah. Man, I've landed. My feet are now on the ground. Say what? 860 miles to go. I'm called to El Paso. It's 860 miles from here. Now, your heart can do a variety of things here, but... What it should do is look at that 860 miles and go, praise God, at least it's not twice that. I mean, compared to the circumference of the earth, this is nothing. If I average around 65, 75, 65 miles an hour, I mean, I can get there in a matter of what? You know, about 14 hours? That's less than a day. Well, this is the kind of attitude that we have to have whenever God begins to reveal what we're called to in his ancient laws. It's a measurement of this is how much I need to grow. This is how far I need to go. At least I'm aware of it. I know exactly what it is. The worst thing that we can do is just estimate in our own mind. And we keep asking God, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there, are we there yet? Are we there yet? But when we have the mile markers from his ancient laws, it gives us right perspective, knowing what to expect, what God's going to do. We should find joy. We should find comfort and celebration, even in the midst of affliction. If you have a couple of flat tires, or if your engine blows out in between Orange and El Paso, praise God, at least I still know where I'm at. And I know what I need to do. Everybody turn to Psalm 33, and we'll start in verse 4. Ancient laws. For the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all he does. <laughs> faithful, man. The Lord loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of his unfailing love. How can it not bear witness of how much God wants to display his ancient laws? 
Verse 6, by the word of the Lord, by the ancient laws, were the heavens made. Their starry hosts by the breath of his mouth. Come on, how does God choose to display his nature and his very character? He displays it through his word. What makes creation shout aloud? It is his ancient laws being displayed through them and to the entire universe. When you look at the word of God, you are looking at his ancient laws. That very book that you have in your hand that the blood of many men have been spilled for you to possess. You're looking at God's ancient laws. His ancient ways. You are looking at his enduring eternal nature, character, and relationship with all of creation. Do you see that the earth was full of his unfailing love, the display of his character? By his ancient laws, he formed the heavens. Just wrap your mind around that for a second. We would be here for the next 15 years just trying to get the beginning of that. And that from his word, he made the starry host. He set these stars in the heavens as an ancient mile marker for man to know where he was. You know, how many times a day do you need God's ancient laws just to remind you of where you are and where you need to be going? Even be able to look back and reflect on how far you've already came and gaining encouragement from that. If he did this for the starry host, for those celestial representations... How much more, ministry uh, training one class, how much more will he do this for you? How much more will he lead you through the mile markers of his ancient laws, helping you to arrive at his ultimate goal and destination for your life? That his promise preserves my life. His ancient laws and what God will do through them will preserve my life. Do you want God's promises fulfilled in your life? Do you believe it can happen for you? Then tonight, look up at the stars and remind yourself of this very verse that God set those things in place. And if he can do it for that planet, if he can do it for that star, surely he can do it for me. Come on, let's turn to Deuteronomy chapter 32. If he did it in the heavens, he can do it for you. Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse 45. Say ancient laws when you get there. It says this, when Moses finished reciting all these words to all Israel, he said to them, take heart all the words I have solemnly declared to you this day. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, take to heart. Take to heart. We're not just asking that you hear us today. We're asking that you take these words to heart so that you may command your children guess they're in the Moses stage, going to command your children to obey carefully all the words of this law, of this ancient law. They are not just idle words for you. They're not just idle words. It's not something that you're just randomly doing when you get in the word. I believe that most people in this room have the understanding of a daily in time where you're getting in the word. What we're talking to you today is to understand that these ancient laws are the mile markers after you leave your personal time in the morning and begin to walk out. Have you taken it to heart? Are you working and involving these principles of the ancient laws? Are you seeing the mile markers of comfort? See, when you're on the road, it's a mileage. Don't you just wish, wish 
that God had an 860 mile sign that told you exactly how far you'd have to go? <laughs> no matter how far it would be, at least you're like, I can at least measure my yes. progress. But you can. Yeah, come on. Come on. You can oh. measure your progress. Yes. If there are parts of the work that are still remaining idle, it means that you haven't taken it to heart. That is where you need progress. Amen. But if you are taking it to heart, if you are seeing advance, you are starting to see comfort in the midst of difficulty. You're starting to see righteousness rise up in your heart. You remember how you used to act. Come on, Juan. You remember what you used to do. <laughs> and when you start to see the word of God and be like, you yes. know, I used to before. I mean, I'm not saying Juan. I'm just, you know, saying Juan. <laughs> Pastor, before, I'd have just punched that dude in the face. And at least last few minutes, he hadn't punched anybody in the face. Yeah. Hey. Do you know what that means? You're starting to see some mile markers take Amen. place. Amen. Yes. I don't know the total mileage distance, but I can see that I'm on the path Amen. and I'm moving. Because these aren't just idle words for me. Look at what it says. They are your life. life. Not just in your life. They're the source of your life. It's what sustains your life. It's what causes your life to be here and be worth anything at all. By them. The words that are your life, by them you will live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to possess. Has anybody in this house already figured out that the words of God are your life? Yes. Does anybody want to make sure and make it more true that the words of God are your life today? You're measuring your every thought against what the word says. Yeah. You're measuring your every emotion against what the word says. You're not going for hours and days and weeks just kind of doing what you want. You keep measuring it because if this is life and by them, I don't just get to, to walk up to the land that I'm supposed to possess. If you're coming into Orange, Texas and go 860 something miles to El Paso, what happens then? It's time to actually do whatever you were going to El Paso for. Brilliant, Pastor. You're a genius. Yes, I, didn't think of I know. That. <laughs> Profound, right? So, if you had a purpose of making the distance and the travel, you don't think it's the same thing in the kingdom? I'm not talking just exclusively only about the words of God just getting you to some threshold of beginning. By them, you will live long in the land. You are crossing the Jordan to possess. Oh, you mean it's more than just a starting line? You mean this word? What happens now that you've entered? Now what? Yeah. Now that you've entered the promised land, you got to go possess it. The journey was just to start you on what you needed. Now that you're married, congratulations. Now what? Possess. <laughs> time to possess. Yes. It's time Treasure to cultivate. Possession. The entire journey to get you to the altar was just the beginning, and now your life takes hold. Yeah. 
See, what God is trying to do in us is not just get you to the very beginning. Pastor, I believe I'm called to ministry. Amen. You're going to get on some journey. You're going to see these mile markers, and you're going to get to the beginning of your ministry. Now what? Now it's time you got to go possess what God gave you. That's just getting you there. Come on now. Are y'all feeling me? What we're talking about, the word of God being your life, is not just to get you to a starting point. It's to get you to possess. It's to get you to find victory. It's to get you to walk in all that God has given you. How ridiculous would it be for you to reach your journey destination and then sit down and be like, now, now I'm done. (laughs) That is a lame excursion. What are you doing? (laughs) See, it's time to live long in the land. It's time to actually, why has God been speaking to us in a militaristic warlike fashion? He's like, I know I've been with this church. I've been cultivating you for decades now. I've been working on you. And now, somebody say now. 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 It's going to be time. You got those ancient mile markers that you were learning is now just to get you to this point so that you can then begin to war and possess what I've given you. You are just at a beginning place, church. For some of you, that makes you nervous. For me, that makes me completely excited. Yeah. Yeah. That what he has done has been miraculous. It's been incredible. I mean, I can look across the room and know the miracles that have taken place in your life. And it's too many. We could spend all day doing that. That's not us possessing the land. That's just us entering the land. Yeah. Now what? Now we're going to go in and we are going to continue to walk in these ancient laws and get all that God has for us. What happens when the people don't do that? There's come dark days around. I mean, just reflecting in history, there's a time period called the Dark Ages. This is when it was a time period in world history that it was absent of God's ancient laws. It was discarded, disregarded, put within the sole ownership of one institution that then had to interpret all God's ancient laws for the people. That they could not look into God's ancient laws themselves and engage God's word that would bring them life. It removed the, the ability to produce life. It's almost like Amos 8.11, right? There, there's a famine in the land but it's a famine of hearing the word of the Lord. It's a famine of hearing the ancient laws that are designed to bring restoration and life. Well, once that happened in world history, you then transition to what's known as the Renaissance. The dark ages came to an end. And what precipitated that transition into the Renaissance? It was a a guy named Gutenberg who developed a printing press. And what was he printing? He was printing the very word of God. He was reviving God's ancient laws. And the people, the land, and the plan all came together and began to live the way that God intended it to be. Isaiah 8.20. This is an exact reflection of what's happening in this world history, the time of the Renaissance. It's to the law and to the testimony. To the law and to the testimony. This is the focus that God has and the focus that we're to have. Go back even more in the ancient time when it relates to darkness and God's word bringing about a renaissance of life. His ancient laws are the answer to tohu vavohu. His ancient laws are the answer to utter chaos and darkness. And not just of that in Genesis 1. Not just that of Jeremiah. But that of our very day that we're living in right now. 
that call in Isaiah 8 that is to the law and to the testimony. Say that with me. To the law and to the testimony. That idea of getting in the word and letting the word interact with you is so powerful. See, we've been talking about being in the dark days of Jeremiah. We literally had a period of human history of somewhere around a thousand years that was called the dark ages and it was precipitated by a lack of the word of God. What do you think is causing the dark days of Jeremiah now in our day and time? Yes. We are living amongst the people that are not only just trying to cancel a culture, they're trying to cancel anybody who walks according to God's laws. God's standards. This is not political. This is not about a party or a system. It is about a demonic onslaught that is trying to cancel the very word of God and anyone that wants to uphold it. Anyone that wants to uphold these ancient laws or precepts, ultimately they are trying to uproot or reposition his ancient laws. They're trying to move his ancient borders, just like statues that we're trying to tear down. Let's just tear it all down so that no one understands the way. Wow. The darkness of our days, said in a different way, is because men are trying to sit in judgment over the word of God instead of letting the word of God sit in judgment over them. I'll say that again, Pastor. The darkness of our days is brought about because men are trying to sit in judgment over the word of God and not have the word of God be judging them. That always creates darkness. It creates darkness inside of this room. It creates darkness in areas of your life. And it will create darkness in the society around us. Because when you're not upholding the ancient laws, you actually begin to sit in judgment of them thinking that you know better, that you just decided from your own thought process that what you knew was better. Therefore, you are sitting in judgment over the word of God. You want to see a a fairly pashat look at this? Yeah. Let's take a look at James chapter 4. James 4, say ancient laws whenever you get there, and we're going to put up on our screen this scripture in the ESV. Do not speak evil. Start the verse out right with our understanding. Do not speak evil against one another. Brothers. Who is he speaking to? Brothers. Brothers. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you're not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is only one lawgiver and judge. He who is able to save and destroy. Do you see the declaration of the lawgiver and the judge? That simultaneously issuing out salvation and destruction. But who are you to judge your neighbor? You know, we, what we have here is a contrasting element. And that is you have word-based judgment and you have self-determined judgment. And that is exactly what James is addressing here. When there is this evil spoken against one of your brothers. So he's talking to us sitting in this room right now. When you begin to spew out your own self-derived judgment that didn't come from God's ancient laws, you are not only speaking evil against your brother, you're speaking evil against the law and the lawgiver 
and the judge himself. We're going to speak, we want to speak and act as if we're speaking the very words of God. Isn't this how Jesus set up the model for us? When you don't go to the word, to the ancient laws, to be able to determine judgment, righteous judgment, you're standing in judgment of the word itself. There's only one lawgiver. There's only one judge. And that is the word. The very oracles and word from God himself that establishes his ancient laws. Because he is able to save. Amen. Amen. And it also is coupled with a right reverence that he is able to destroy. He is that one who is supreme and who is mighty. Let me tell you what it looks like for the person, the home folk here at LCM to begin to judge the word instead of let the word judge you. Look, I know that the Bible says this, but I know that my husband asked me to do this. I know that my husband directed me to do this, but I know that I, I probably should do this, but that's how, that's what it looks like in our lives. And what we're taught, what we're calling you to today is to the law and to the testimony. Amen. We're calling you to get back on the right path in every area of your life. You know what it's like? I know that my family really doesn't love the Lord, but I have such a soft spot. And after all, they are family. And so I think I, I feel like I should minister to them. I know what the law, what the ancient law is telling me to do, but I feel differently than what it says so i will go according to my feelings instead of according to the ancient law wow you have now begun to sat to sit in judgment over the law right there's only one lawgiver there's only one standard giver it's the singular judge that we know his name is the word of god he is the one who is faithful and true let's quickly turn back to psalm 119 and verse 52 i'm going to remind you of something it says i remember lord your ancient laws. Everybody say ancient laws. Ancient laws. And I find comfort in them. Let, let us show you quickly what this term for ancient laws is in the actual Hebrew. We have here on your screen. It's a lot of information, so let me talk you through it quickly. The very top line is the words from your NIV text. Lord, your ancient laws. It says, I remember, Lord, your ancient laws. Down below, you see I have it highlighted. Yahweh atah men olam mishpat. Olam means ancient. It means from enduring. It means eternal. And the word for laws there, you might think that it would be a word like Torah. In this case, Lord, I remember, I remember, Lord, your olam mishpat. I remember your ancient judgments. I remember that you are the source of anything that comes about that is righteous, that should be judged, or is full of justice. Now, for those of you who the mishpat part doesn't really speak to yet, we've got one more slide to help you. This word is mishpat. You see it there at the top line. A masculine noun meaning judgment. Everybody say judgment. Judgment. See, the ancient laws are the only thing that you're allowed to make a judgment from. Not your thoughts, not your emotions. The laws of the Lord are what gives you right judgment. Somebody say right judgment. Right judgment. Oh, I can make all kinds of judgments. As a matter of fact, let's be honest. We all do, don't we? Every day you make judgment calls all the time. 
But the only ones that are righteous are the ones that come from the ancient Amen. mishpat. Yeah. Look down, you can see it highlighted in the middle of your screen. It says these decisions, these judgments could come through the use of the urim and the thummim. Those were the very parts on a priestly garment that were supposed to be representing the word of God and the spirit of God. If you want to make right judgments about anything, listen to me. If you want to make a right judgment about anything, hey, how you feeling today? I am feeling the way the word of God tells me to feel. <laughs> what are you going to do today? I'm going to do what the righteous laws of the Lord decree for me today. This is what we are supposed to do is find the word and the spirit always directing us. Doesn't this perfectly align with our praying through the tabernacle daily? Isn't that what you're crying out for the Lord to do? Look at this and the last part that's highlighted. God was declared to be the judge of the whole earth who rendered justice faithfully. You cannot get to justice unless you have God's right judgment at work. You guys remember from our study in the judges of the Shofetim? The word mishpat comes from the idea of the judge or the judge himself. Let's look at verse, let me read to you Isaiah chapter 30 in verse 18. See, when you have right judgment from his ancient laws, you're able to walk in his justice, which is who he is. Look at Isaiah 30, 18. Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. Therefore, he will rise up to show you compassion. Somebody say hallelujah to that. Hallelujah. For the Lord is a God of justice. He is a God of mishpat. He is a God who rightly judges because he is the one who gave the ancient laws and is the one who operates perfectly according to them. Blessed are all who wait for him. See, church, his word, his ancient laws are the source of true judgment. They're the source of true judgment in the heavens. They have to be the source of true judgment for you and for me here on this earth. A right yes. relationship with his ancient laws. It allows the word to sit in judgment over you and not you sit in judgment over the word. Woo. Man, if we can get that today. Yeah. What business decisions do I need to make, pastor? You need to make sure that the word of God is sitting in judgment over you because you don't get to just determine those things. Let me put it in a very positive way. If the Lord who by his ancient laws ordained creation and is the maker of the heavenly host, if he spoke one time and the sun and the moon are still operating in their cycles, if they are still on duty from what God said thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago, do you think that he is ready to instruct you? And if he give you a word, he, when he gives you a word, it's going to cause the same kind of shalom, the same kind of order, the same kind of right judgment to come to your life. Yeah. He is the one who is the God of justice and he's ready to bring it to you. Isn't it comforting to know that you have mile markers from God? It's comforting to know that you have his ancient laws to show you how you're progressing and how to progress further. Well, it's also comforting to know that through these mile markers of his ancient laws, he can give us right judgment. I think everybody in here would definitely raise their hand if I said, who wants right judgment? Well, we all want right judgment. Nobody wants to lack that. Well, we got to trust his mile markers that are in his ancient laws. And by doing so, he's going to give us right judgment through those ancient laws and enable us to walk in his justice. In fact, what you just heard from Isaiah 30, it's a declaration of who the Lord is. The Lord is a God of justice. 
That's where his heart is. That's what defines him. Look, recall the times when his word was sitting in judgment over your darkened thoughts and emotions. Recall then the revival that his ancient laws brought about inside of you as you engaged them. You went from tohu vavohu to now teeming with life. It was like you were discovering God's word all over again, and he was bringing revival in your very soul. This is what we live for, man. I, I, I love this engagement with God's word because on a daily, hourly, and sometimes minute by minute, I am discovering new things of who God is in his ancient laws. Yeah. And it speaks to my heart and mind, sets me in right order. And I am able then to walk in his ancient path with confidence yeah. Yeah. and with surety. Amen. Let's turn to 2 Kings chapter 23. Man, that should be resonating. What Pastor just said should be resonating within you if you're in an Acts or Ministry Training 2 class. Man, yeah, I've heard this before, Pastor, but it's coming alive inside of me. Yeah. A Ministry Training 1 where you're like, I've heard you guys say this the whole time that we've been here, but it's starting to come alive inside of me. We're saying to the law and to the testimony, church. Amen. We're calling you to re and reminding you that this ancient law is everything that you need. It causes revival. What happens when you find the word of God in a different way? It causes revival. Anybody in this room needs some revival in your heart? Yes. Or have you gotten enough? No. Are you already filled up with revival? You don't need any more? No. Man, that is coming from the word of God. 2 Kings 23 and verse 1 says this. Then the king called together all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem. These are in the days of Josiah. He went up to the temple of the Lord with the people of Judah, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the priests and the prophets, all the people from the least to the greatest. He read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant, which had been found in the temple of the Lord. They found something and it was the ancient laws. They found it and it began to bring revival from the least to the greatest. Look at me, church. We want whatever you think of yourself, whether you view yourself as the least or the greatest in the room. Revival comes when you rediscover the ancient laws, when you rediscover the word of God in your every area of life. Verse 3, the king stood by the pillar and renewed the covenant in the presence of the Lord to follow the Lord and keep his commands, statutes, and decrees with all his heart and all his soul, thus confirming the words of the covenant written in this book. Then all the people pledged themselves oh, to the covenant. Man, yeah. Yes. To the law and to the testimony is the cry today. We've got to re-pledge ourselves. We know that you are walking and you love. We're saying there's something on us. There's something inside of us that's making us want to cry out for the way markers, the mile markers that we see uh, according to his ancient laws here. When you're discovering those ancient laws, it returns you to those mile markers and it gives you the encouragement, the strength that because you've now have revival and renewal in your soul, you're able to walk, you're able to run. You're not just entering the land, but you're going all the way in and possessing it. When you go and find these ancient mile markers, it's what gives you the strength and the revival to be able to possess what God has for you. Yeah. I promise you that we have not reached everything that God wants for us in this place. He wants more for you. I'm just not talking about worldly things. I'm talking about the important things. 
He wants us to cry out for more spiritual gifts in this place. He wants to do miracles in our midst. He wants to heal you. He wants to allow you to possess more in your marriages. I don't mean externally. I mean in the kingdom, according to the ancient laws and the mile markers. Because God's ancient laws do not keep you from affliction. They're preserving your life, and they're trying to show you how to possess against the inevitable enemies, God's enemies and your enemies. It's time to walk rightly. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 12. Let's take a look at verse 15. As you're turning there, we can't state enough. that God's ancient laws are there to help you bring life in the midst of affliction. They are there to help you produce life, not just only a revival inside of you, but producing life of revival inside of other people. And that's usually simultaneously while facing opposition. As we enter into reading Matthew 12, the foreground is that Jesus healed somebody on the Sabbath. And he is receiving opposition of this, challenged them back with his word, and they're wanting to kill him. So now in verse 15 of Matthew 12, aware of this, Jesus withdrew from that place. A large crowd followed him. (laughs) And what did he do? He healed all who were ill. Wow. He warned them not to tell others about him. So let's put this all together. Jesus, who is the living and active word of God embodied in the flesh, He was withdrawing from those who were sitting in judgment over the word. And he was drawing to himself those he could bring life to because they were seeking to be judged by the word. This is the polarizing effect of what our king does. And when he is at work inside of us, it's going to look exactly the same. Having right relationship with the word of God always results in revival, renewal, and restoration. That's where God's ancient laws are always aimed at. Don't, uh, he didn't entrust himself to the people to advertise and proclaim who he was. Notice that right after doing that, he said he warned them not to Instagram to others about him. <laughs> Do not go tell others about. That's the Greek translation. Exactly. Why is that? Because he fully entrusted himself to the word. He did not act on his self-determined judgment, but he entrusted all judgment to his father. He entrusted all judgment to the ancient law. Let's pick up in verse 17. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. Oh man, Matthew is pointing back to the recounting of the ancient laws. Here is my servant whom I have chosen. The one I love in whom I delight, I will put my spirit on him and he will proclaim justice to the nations. He will not quarrel or cry out. No one will hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. Till he has brought justice through victory. Justice through victory. In his name the nations will put their hope. Look, this quote from Isaiah 42 Is showing that the ancient laws are now made manifest and fully embodied in front of the people. They're staring at at Jesus. He's there to proclaim justice. And he's going to bring about it through victory. 
You realize that what's being proclaimed right here in Matthew 12 is what you are able to experience on a daily basis. That God is able to bring justice through victory inside of you, through his accomplishments, his ability to lean upon the ancient laws in the midst of affliction and be comforted is now your comfort, is now your victory. See, Matthew was clearly engaging the text of his time. And from that engagement with the ancient laws, he found the book of Isaiah. He is showing the fulfillment of the prophetic function of Jesus, the living and active embodiment of God's ancient laws. Church, do you realize there's a difference between just proclaiming justice to the nations and bringing justice through to victory? I can proclaim one thing to you, but it's an entirely different thing for me to walk in and begin to possess it and to bring justice or mishpat through to victory. It's almost like you're turning back an enemy at a gate. You're walking in there and you're watching the judgment of God go all the way to the point of victory in your life. It's not just a proclamation. It is moving you. And that word of God is starting to, to branch aside and, and divide inside of you the things that it's supposed to. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 4. Quickly. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. Say ancient laws when you get there. It says this. For the word of God is alive. It's active. These ancient laws aren't just static. It is alive and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. God's laws are not only ancient, but they're alive. Yeah. Come on, Cody yeah. Stevens. They're alive in this place. God's laws are ancient and they are alive. I love that. What mile marker, what are the mile markers of its engagement with you? You got mile markers that are, that are alive, that, are, that can speak back to you, that can help you. What are some mile markers that it looks like? Are you able to separate your own soul, your own mind, your own thoughts and emotions and will from the spirit of God? Does anybody need help sometimes determining what God is saying and what you're thinking? Yes. Then you need the active ancient law to be at work in you. Because yeah. you know what the word of God does? It judges that rightly. It's yeah. never in confusion. The word of God through his ancient law will always separate what you are feeling from what the word of God wants. Are you, anybody like me? You want that, don't you? Yes. Do you realize how many times in a day that you're like, I'm not sure if this is the Lord or not. Is this just me? Am I feeling, is the Lord urging me to do this? Or am I, is my emotions? Are my emotions just moving me? Are my own thoughts, is this God? Do you know how you can find out the truth in that? Do you let the word of God sit in judgment over you? You don't sit and determine. You let it work because it's alive. Somebody say, it's alive. It's alive. Man, this ancient law is alive. A mile marker that you're walking according to the ancient law is you can tell what God is saying versus what you're feeling. A mile marker of this ancient law is you can tell what God is feeling versus what you're thinking. 
You're able to determine what is initiated inside of you and what's initiated in the heavens. That's a mile marker. Somebody say, that's a mile marker. That's a mile marker. Man, that's one that we need. What kind of other mile markers are right here in this verse? The, Lord, the word of God judges between the thoughts and the attitudes of your heart. The thoughts and the attitude of your heart. Well, that's not really what I meant. What if it's exactly what you meant and you're just embarrassed because you heard it come out of your own mouth? That's true. I have to be honest with you. That happens to me way more than I'd care to admit that it would. I didn't mean that was just a joke. I was just joking with you. I mean, of course I didn't mean to sound that vile and wicked. It was just a joke, therefore. A joke. No, the word of God, it divides. It judges between the thoughts and the attitudes. We're getting down to some pretty clean lines, aren't we? Yes. Like surgeon kind of precision. What's the difference between your thought and your attitude? I don't know, but you got to get in the word to figure that part out. I didn't intend to do that. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. But you just don't know your own thought. You don't know your own attitude until the word of God comes in and measures it. Until it judges it. Until you see that mile mark and go, oh, oh. Yeah, see, the Lord is working on us. Look at what verse 13 says. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Nothing. Yeah. Everybody say nothing. Nothing. Not your thoughts. Not your heart, not your attitude, not your motives, nothing. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Church, do you realize that when you're walking according to the ancient laws and according to these mile markers, do you know who it becomes laid bare before? Who it stops being hidden to? The Lord has always seen it. He then makes it available to you so that you can see it. What if it's positive? What if your heart really was to do something right? And you get in the word and it shows you that you were in fact walking perfectly on the ancient law, according to the ancient law. Wow. What strength do we need in this house today? Yeah. What strength do we need to, the, so that nothing is there? The word of God is alive. Yeah, it is. It's constantly interacting with us to help us and to work his very will into our lives. Don't you see that God's word, his ancient laws, are comfort to us in affliction? That in that time of affliction, what's coming out of you is something that God has known all along, but you didn't. And the comfort is this, now I know, and his ancient laws are right here to show me how to deal with it. His ancient laws are right here to show me how to progress and move forward and not keep going through these same cycles of my own doing, and I can be preserved. My life can be preserved because of it. Let me read to you Revelation 1, 9. It says, I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus. Do you hear him stating mile markers of the ancient laws? And he's stating it as a means of glory, as a means of praise, as something to be expected because his trust is in God's ancient laws. That are ours in Jesus was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God. He was exiled, imprisoned on an island of Patmos because 
of upholding the ancient laws and the testimony of Jesus. He had understood rightly the mile marker of suffering. He had also understood rightly the mile marker of the kingdom of God at work in him, and they were not two separate things. They were one in the same. Because what you see in John's life is the mile marker of hupomone, the mile marker of patient endurance, the mile marker of character that will not quit. What kind of hope is God stirring inside of us this morning? To the law and to the testimony. May his word give us character that will not quit. Because his word is eternal. It endures forever. And when we attach ourselves to his ancient laws, we will do exactly the same. Amen. We have the opportunity this morning to have sober judgment. Sober judgment of our own hearts and let his ancient laws divide our soul and spirit. Do you want that this morning? Will you eagerly look for it? Will you rejoice as his word is already beginning to divide those two? Let's turn to our final scripture of the day to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1 and we're going to begin at verse 20. We're going to give just a second for everybody to get there. 1 Peter 1 and verse 20. Say ancient laws when you get there. First Peter chapter one and verse 20 says this, he was chosen before the creation of the world. That's ancient. Before time began, he was chosen, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. When God is revealing to you his ancient laws, when he's revealing to you his word, it is always for your sake. Through him, you believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorified him so that your faith and hope are in God. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the ancient laws. You want to get pure? You begin to obey every single word that comes before you. You obey the truth so that you have sincere love for each other. What's a fruit of you sincerely and, and, and wholeheartedly obeying the truth is you begin to love each other more. Even the ones that feel unlovely to you at the current moment. Love one another deeply from the heart. <laughs> I love that. Just making sure you understand what he's saying. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. What you have been given, the declaration that Peter is making to his hearers is you've been born again. You have been born again. You've tasted of this. You haven't been born of something that is limited or that fades or is that only is for a season. But you've been born of an ancient law that endures. Yeah. Why is it so important for us today to remind you and call you to the law and to the testimony? Because the ancient law gives you mile markers of where you are. Are you seeing the mile markers at work in your life of comfort? of faith, of hope, of deep love for one another in this room? Are you seeing the biomarkers of what it's like when you're actually going through difficulty and suffering? 
Like John, are you seeing the suffering and the kingdom and the patient endurance? Are you seeing those mile markers in your life? What we want to do is say that we want to see that more inside of your life. Let me encourage you that the word of God needs to divide some things out of us today. There is an onslaught of people who are having these seemingly friendly calls from friends of the past. Let's just reconnect again. You know what? It's been a while since we've caught up. How about we get together for a few minutes? Hey, you know, we are family. How about we get back together? I mean, it's been a while. Let's just go ahead and relax. And let's, let's not have you get in all the word stuff. Let's just reconnect as a family. Those things need to be divided out from us so that we are not allowing them to sit in judgment over the word. We're not allowing them to pull us where we are sitting in judgment of the word. The yeah. word has to be in judgment of us. Yeah. There are prophecies that have come forth in the past. One from one of our dear brothers, Pastor Justin Johnson, about smoke that fills people's ears. It is much more deadly when it comes from a fellow believer or a family member because that has some type of portal, some type of hold on us that allows their words to get deep in instead of us measuring those things against the word of God. Letting the active ancient laws be alive inside of us Amen. and go, wait a minute, that sounds right, but it is not right. That sounds right, but that is bringing death to my soul. Those comparisons that you're making inside of somewhere between your thoughts and your attitude today, church. Comparing yourselves with others in this room. Comparing yourselves with some idealistic standard that nobody's living. The discontentment and dissatisfaction. We've got to have those things divided away from Amen. us by yes. the ancient laws today. Amen. Come on, if you are ready to have the Lord do that in your heart, stand to your feet right now. As we're looking to act upon this word, we're going to open up the altar for a time to ask. Ask for the ancient path. Ask for the ancient laws to come in and divide your soul from spirit. Ask for his ancient laws to judge the thoughts and attitudes of your heart so that you can then have clarity of direction and stand up and go do what he directs you to do. Go obey the truth of what he reveals to you at this altar. Repentance, the dividing of soul and spirit, is not a feeling. It's an engagement with his ancient laws that cause you to act different. Will you commit to act different after you experience what you do at the altar? Well, as we pray, make your way. Let God divide your soul and spirit, and let's go obey the truth afterward. Mighty King, we thank you for your living and active word that's living and active inside of us. And we say, Lord, divide our heart. Divide our soul and spirit with your ancient laws, with your word. Lord, like a surgeon, Lord, help us identify distractions. Help us identify what needs to be put to death, but also what must come to life. 
Lord, that we may stand up from this place and obey the truth that you are revealing to us, that we are dependent on your ancient laws to give us right and righteous judgment from you. In Jesus' name.